You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, and the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Bo Now that we have had time to digest and really think about, really ponder what happened in week one, are you feeling any different? First and foremost, how are you doing today? And are you feeling any different about week one now that you had a little bit of time to really digest the situation? Uh, I'm still angry. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm still I'm still not happy with what happened. I'm I'm not okay with it. Right. Um, I will say that actually, when we sat down Sunday and yeah. right after the game and recorded uh, the recap edition or the reaction edition of Peace Street Football, right? It really kind of brought a sense of calm over me getting through the, you know, getting kind of getting everything off my chest. Like I got all my, my emotion out in, in the actual pod. So that was great. I mean, that was good for me. Um, Like there's still a lot of things that I, um, I want to see kind of fixed. Really. I just keep coming back to, we got to finish. And that's the number one takeaway that I had from Sunday after Mm -hmm. on Wednesday, after you know of the week you know two days later two full days later it's we still got to finish the number one thing for this team is to finish and mm-hmm. that's the number one thing that i um i hope to see differently in the future and obviously now i've i'm back to the well you lose that and now you're not one to know going into a super tough game with a chance to right. be you know it just to me you beat new orleans at home and then you got to find a way to beat Seattle, and you're two and one, depending on what happens in LA. I know right. I'm way prognosticating and looking ahead, but just how I played out in my head. Now Seattle looks tougher at home yeah. after what we saw from them and Geno Smith. Now I don't think Geno yeah. Smith's going to have another game, and that's a conversation for oh uh, next week. But Correct. but am I feeling better? Yeah, I feel a little bit better because I've I've really started remembering the more I've talked about the game, I've really started remembering all the positives that actually happened in that game. All the good things we saw from this team, not just the bad. The biggest takeaway there for me was Bo used this space as a therapeutic space. He used the Peachtree Football Podcast to, you know, get what he had to get off his chest because it's not good to hold that stuff in, all that, all that heartbreak and all that angst and all that bad stuff that, you know, can can come in a football season. He got it off his chest. And you can do the same thing by listening to Peachtree Football. So make sure you download the pod, follow the podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Because Bo uses this as a therapeutic space. You use it as a therapeutic space as well. 
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. But no, Bob, seriously, um, it is it is calming to see what transpired on Sunday and to know that there are a lot of positives. Again, like you said, we have to be able to finish and we have some things to clean up. But overall, it was definitely calming because I think what we saw on the football field Sunday was promising. And so that is good. Now, however, you do put yourself in a tough spot having to go to L.A., already behind the eight ball at all one because you couldn't finish. And now you're going on a West coast road trip against the defending Super Bowl champions. Then you have to go to a tough Seattle team who seems real tough, especially at home. The 12th man was rocking against the Broncos. And I understand that was a homecoming for Russell Wilson and there was extra juice there. I understand all that, but the 12th man is always rocking. So that's an environment that is always, always, always going to be tough to play in. And I mean, Hey, Geno Smith has a little juice behind him now too. He's, he's got some confidence. And we all know, we saw it with Jameis. Once a quarterback gets to the rhythm, has some confidence, any quarterback, any NFL caliber quarterback can be dangerous, even Geno Smith. So you're putting yourself behind the eight ball, and now you got to see if you can bounce back. Starting week two against the LA Rams. So with this, with that, I ask you this, Bo. Do you believe, after what we saw in week one, even though it ended in a 26-27 loss to the New Orleans Saints, a lot of positives. We touched on it in the reaction episode where we, we touched on it here at the beginning. Do you feel any more confident after what you saw on Sunday going into week two? Does what you saw in week one have you feeling more confident in what we can do and what potentially upset we can pull off against the Rams? Well, yeah, absolutely. Because I think people forget how good the – the defense is for New Orleans uh, in that front seven. Mm. Demario Davis has been one of the best linebackers in the league for, for sure. quite some time now. Um, and, you know, especially since he really got there in New Orleans, he kind of really. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like he has kind of taken off. Pete Werner's, uh, you know, a guy who covers well and hits pretty hard. But look, Turner, Granderson, Davenport, Shy Tuttle, Contavia Street, David Anyamata. Um, and Cameron Jordan are really good up front. And you ran the ball for the tune of 201 yards off 38 carries. Now, some of that was Marcus moving out and right. keeping plays alive. But, I mean, you averaged 5.3 yards a game, including 122 from Cordero Patterson. Yep. And if I'm not mistaken, I mean, CP, you know, he, he ended up averaging five and a half yards a carry. So, Amazing. that was – that was really big for me. And that's yeah. how you slow down pass rushes. That's how you slow down guys like Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's a beast. Right. He does everything well. There's nothing he doesn't mm-hmm. do well. But that is a recipe for winning games. You Not only do you control – let's look at this too. This mm-hmm. is something that we haven't really talked about. But the Falcons had seven more whole minutes over – actually right at seven and a half minutes more of time of possession. Wow. And despite what we saw from Matthew Stafford, where he threw, you know, he threw three interceptions mm-hmm. on Thursday night last week and, you know, 
only you know he only went 29 to 41 which really isn't terrible but the three no. interceptions is is bad despite mm-hmm. that Dylan you know that they're still an explosive offense with Cooper sure. Cup who who went off and that's how you slow these uh these big high powered offenses down as you control the ball now it's going to be tougher because this defense is better uh, I think Jalen Ramsey is better than Marshawn Lattimore, hands down. I think most people sure. agree with that. Yeah, uh, they've got they've got some good some good. Now they run a similar defense at this three four, but you know with the Sean Robinson and Aaron Donald and Greg Games up front with you know uh, Jonah Williams up there's another guy. I mean they they've got a pretty good, but you got to find a way to stop Aaron Donald. But as physical as our offensive line was in Week One, it makes me think that there's there's some hope there. Yeah. Because they handled a good uh, defensive line. I need more of that, yep. though. So, yeah, there's some. I mean, I've got others. I want to let you get to one before I get to another one. But that was a positive that I took away that makes me feel good or better than I would have um, going into this game. As if this would have been, if this would have been the first game of the season, I would have been – I would have – I would not have this positive and this – this um, confidence in the run game and in, in the trenches offensive line wise, especially facing a good deep. Don't forget Leonard Floyd's a guy that gets after the quarterback, um, right. especially been reinvigorated, a Georgia guy. And he's, his career has been really just um, basically revived after leaving Chicago and coming mm-hmm. to LA. No, I'm, I'm with you. It's definitely the confidence is definitely in the trenches, both on the offensive line that you touched on and the defensive line that I'm going to touch on now because, again, we got four sacks in the second half. And a pass rush, you know, is something we haven't been able to generate not only last year but years on end since Jonathan Abraham, we haven't been able to generate a consistent pass rush. So to be able to get four sacks in the second half alone on Sunday, that was a huge boost of morale to me and very promising to me because we're going to have to do that same thing, just like we were physical in the run game and the offensive line played a physical football game on Sunday. The defensive line is going to have to do the same exact thing. Grady Jarrett's going to be going to have to be in the backfield making plays. Arnold Epicady is going to be, be in the backfield making plays. Lorenzo Carter, all the guys that were involved in Sunday's, you know, in Sunday's game against the Saints, there's going to have to be the same guys involved in Sunday's game against the Rams as well. So the fact that we were able to generate a pass rush makes me feel good and you know Jameis is a he's definitely a pass first dude but we saw he can scramble out a little bit when he needs to Matthew Stafford is kind of that same dude but at a lesser degree just because he is a little older now so Matthew Stafford isn't going to be a guy that wants to necessarily run first he can make some things happen extend plays I guess you we would say but still you should be able to get a guy like that down he's not going to kill you with his legs so I want to see the other side of the trenches, the defensive line, be able to generate that same pass rush because you did it against a pretty good offensive line in the New Orleans Saints. You're going to have to do it again against a pretty good offensive line in the Los Angeles Rams. So if they can do that again, I think we have another recipe to at least be competitive, but probably win another football game if we finish this time. One thing about Matthew Stafford, I want to get to real quick, as you talked about, he's not he's not a mobile quarterback in no. the sense, but no. what he is is he's got an elusiveness with him. He's right. able to kind of at times keep his feet moving 
And his strong arm makes up for it where you see him. He made a mistake uh, Thursday night where, you know, he he's trying to look off a defender. And so he basically no looks a pass to Cooper Cup. Right. And I don't think his feet were quite set and he sells the ball. That's just the arm strength and the ability to this guy. Right. This guy's a pretty damn good quarterback. We can't Very forget good. that. Um, and I'm not saying you were forgetting that, but no. We have to remember um, that this that they're going to try to scheme to get guys open quickly so he can get the ball out quickly because they have seen that this team that they're going into this game thinking the secondary is more of a weakness than we realize and mm. that the pass rush is more of a strength than realize and so they're going to try to game plan you know Sean McVay pretty smart about this kind of things my other one mm-hmm. that has me feeling good and I know everyone's down on Kyle Pitts because he had seven targets and only got two receptions for like 19 yards or something. One of them actually was a pretty big reception late in the first it half was. that set yeah. up a field goal to go up, I think 16 to, to 10 or, or, or something like that to end the Correct. first half. Yeah. But one of the things that stands out to me is Drake London. Drake London was targeted, I believe, five times. It was, no, excuse me, seven times. And he caught five of them for 74 yards. Um, and he had an explosive play at a throw with a 31-yard catch. And so Bo, just to get real quick, I'm sorry. He, I think he led all rookies in receiving in week one, did he not? Uh, that I don't uh, that I don't know as far as the league. I, mm. I just know I've kind of had my tunnel vision on with the team right now. No, it's um, with just <laughs> us. I, I, basically, I've looked at the Rams, the Saints, and the Falcons stats mm. because um, <laughs> that's kind of where my head's at. But That's right. You know – haven't got an explosive play. We showed how he was he his route running ability, where he he ran a, a very good route, got in kind of in between the levels of the defense. Uh, I'm not sure if they were in man or zone there, but it did appear. Just mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and rewatch the play, but just from remembrance of what I saw, it looked like he found kind of a soft spot in the zone and was able to. As soon as that ball was, give Mariota credit, accurately put on him. He accelerated and went through. That gives me a lot of hope for Drake London, a guy who's been doubted. Uh, we, we've, we've heard, oh, he's not, not an overly fast guy. He's not a burner, per se. He's more of a you know a, 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 a jump ball kind of guy, big body mm-hmm. receiver who's going to body guys out and make mm-hmm. those contested catches. But that was a, that was a good sign for me. Yes. And look, you look at Alande Zacchaeus. I know he had the fumble, but he also had, if I'm not mistaken, he was targeted four times. He had four catches for 49 yards. He had an explosive play. Remember, explosive play is yep. anywhere from anything from 15, depending on who you're looking at. But I go with 20 or more yards. Mm. So that now he had to fumble on that play. And that's something he can't do. So Lamade's right. got to really keep those in. But then Kadero Hodge made plays in the passing game as well. We didn't see as much from Brian Edwards. We want to see more from him. But those were all positives that we did see those chances. And those are set up by running the ball well. So all those are – I know I've only mentioned offensive things. You mentioned the defense, which is good. But, guys, remember, we saw a game we were dominating after three quarters. Yep. That that brings me hope. I think yes. we're not far away. And if we can figure out – we'll talk about this more on Friday. It's going to be one of my keys of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we got to figure out how to finish, finish games. And that's all we got to do. So there's a lot of positives I took away from week one. Uh, those are that. I know. I know that you're going to probably maybe give us another one, or we're going to move on to uh, the next topic. But that is something I saw. All makes me excited. 
I think we touched on all the things that were good and all the things that bring us hope and all the things that we are now confident in going into week two. So I do want to touch on this. And I think you you started to get into it a little bit. So let's really sink our te- teeth into this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What are the biggest adjustments that we need to make going from week one to week two? You talked about obviously finishing. We know that's number one, top of the list. I mean, that's going to be for anything. Is it also the secondary, though? Because A.J. Terrell did not have a very good day against Michael Thomas. I mean, Jarvis Landry, he got off some big plays as well. I mean, the Saints had explosive play after explosive play, it seemed like, when they were going down for that final drive. So, what are the biggest adjustments in your mind, Bo, that we need to make from week one going into week two? Well, real quick, the A.J. Terrell stuff. I went back and kind of re-examined. Some of those were just great throws. That's true. Um, and we're not used to seeing guys catch passes against A.J. His coverage was really tight. It's a big body and receiver. And Michael we haven't Thomas. seen Michael, Michael Thomas in a while, and I think we all kind of forgot just how good of a receiver he was. Yeah, because he's such a clown off the field that it kind exactly. of affects what we what we think of him on the field. Right. You know, some of his antics and and you know, he's obviously there's been stories about you know his, his kind of locker room guys. He is, anyways. Michael Thomas, we can worry about Squidward. Uh, you know, down the down the <laughs> down the down the road here until we play them next Damn time boy. in New Orleans. Uh, all right, couple of things for me, and it's I, I'm going to go on both sides of the ball, all red zone stuff. First okay. off. Yes. 50% in the red zone is not going to beat teams with good offense. It's not going to beat the Rams this week. It's not going to be – it didn't beat the Saints last week. To me, that was a difference in the game. Two of four in the red zone as far as uh, scoring, you know, and, and that's not good enough. Mm-mm. You know, you, you go look Mm-mm. at this. This team has to be better in the red zone. Period. Their goal to go efficiency was two of three, but in the red zone, 50%. Not good enough. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, defensively, I need my defense to be better in the red zone. They gave up three touchdowns and three possessions in the red zone. Not good enough. I need better. Look, I am fine with a bend, don't break defense. I didn't yeah. think that was a defense this week. Honestly, I thought the defense was really good. But whenever, whenever a team did move the ball, you weren't able to, to bow up. That's, right. you know. You had moments, but when teams get in the red zone, I'm looking for something like, you know, well, anything less than 100% wins the game. Oh, yes. Let's be honest. Anything less than 100% wins the game on Sunday because that was the difference in the game was a one point. So I need my defense to to, to hold, you know, be – it's tough in the red zone, but, but – if again, if we could have had the, if we could have replicated what New Orleans held us to, which was fifty percent, Falcons mm. win the game going away. Yeah. So I need my defense to ball up a little bit more in, in that red zone. Uh, chunk plays were a problem as well. I mean, Taysom yeah. Hill had a big run that one drive that started where it's twenty six ten. It was a four play drive, and I think they went something like eighty yards. So that's unacceptable. So you got to cut down on big explosive plays by other teams. 
that's what I need for my defense. The, 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 excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, Taysom Hill had 80 yards, 81 yards on like four or five carries. So that's you take crazy. that away, you, but yeah. you take that away, Dylan. And those were really just, I don't want to call them gadget plays, but their zone reads and stuff. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. high school offense stuff, high, high school stuff. So you cut down, take that away. You were pretty good against the running game. Take away the fourth quarter. You're really good against Jameis. So yeah. just the explosive plays made a difference. And it killed the Falcons on Sunday. And to me, that was one of the big differences in the game. And I want to ask you, too, to follow up on that point, too. You talked about the explosive plays. We saw a lot of those explosive plays when they kind of moved into that shell zone defense that we talked a little bit about on Sunday. So let's just say, let's play a little hypothetical here. And I know we don't always love hypotheticals, but I just, I'm interested in this. If we see this, the same, if we see the Falcons in the same position that we did on Sunday with the lead going into the fourth quarter, do you think Dean Pease changes up his approach and moves out of that shell? And, and, and of course, this is different from team to team. You always, you know, every team is different. You, you approach every team differently. You game plan every team differently. But do you see, Dean Peace changing up his approach, moving from like a zone shell to stay with whatever's working. If it is a man like it was with uh, the New Orleans Saints, do you see him changing that approach if they do have a fourth quarter lead? I think it depends on the time on the clock. Mm-hmm. And, I, and and again, I've I've kind of went back and thought and thought. I look disclaimer. Yeah, we're not. NFL coaches, we're not no. NFL players. We didn't play in the NFL at any point. Not by um, any stretch of the imagination. We're guys that have learned as much as we can. You know, personally, me, I've just listened right. to coaches, to former coaches, to former players, to players that I've that I, that I've had the chance of of talking with. You know, active or or, or retired, and, and and watching the game and studying as much as I can. That's how I've learned things. I've learned. There's still a lot I don't know. Um, there's a lot of things I don't see when it happens. I have to go back and watch. But honestly, mm-hmm. I just think they went to it early. I think they went to it a, yeah. a, a drive early. I yep. think I'm with you. What if what if they don't go to it when they do and they do one more possession and New Orleans goes six or seven plays and maybe kicks uh, maybe kicks a field goal or maybe maybe six or seven plays and they punt. And now yep. you get the ball back, you eat some more clock. Then you go to that that softer zone and not a prevent, which I want everyone to know, it's just a soft that was not zone. A and they go to that and maybe, uh, maybe things are different because you don't have time. The Falcons again; they ran, they had the possession of the ball like nine times on. Um, excuse me, yep. nine like nine minutes in the fourth nine times, like <laughs> nine minutes in the fourth quarter, and they were they were doing what they needed to do. They just couldn't get any stops. And look, I still don't know if the defense that called was a defense executed. Didn't have a headset on. I did have a headset on, but not one that was connected to the Falcons. <laughs> The Falcons sideline. Not so, one that was connected to Dean Pease. Yeah. So I, I I don't know. But I just think maybe don't go to it so early. That would have been the thing for me. Don't go to that zone so early. Maybe right. hold off on when you go to it. Um, but you know, there are some guys in that offense for the Rams that if they're they're if they're they're clicking, you know, they can get some explosive plays out. So maybe just don't go to it so early. I know they still bought pressure. Um, I think they blitz as many times in the fourth quarter or sent pressure as any many times in the fourth quarters as they did the rest of the uh, the other parts of the game. So it was on par, just execution. I, I, that's the only thing I can think of is just execution. Pl- 
you know, that defense is meant to keep things in front of you and in bounds. They they allowed plays behind them, and they right. were able to get out of bounds, and so they ate no time off that clock when the Saints went. I mean, for a play drive, you're not going to eat much time off anyway. So the zone worked against you, not for you, uh, on on Sunday in the four. Exactly. When you're in that type of zone and you're in a type of defense, everything, like you said, is supposed to be behind you, and you rally up to the football once the catch is made, assuming they make the underneath throw. That didn't happen. Either – they got past defenders that they weren't supposed to get past or the ball went over the top of them, which absolutely cannot happen anytime you're in an, a zone shell type of defense. So cleaning those things up, obviously cleaning the turnovers up because you did fumble when you were close to icing the game away, getting that last first down that would have not allowed the Saints to get the ball back. Alameda Zacchaeus had a big fumble. So again, you did the big things right. You won the big battles you were supposed to win. You won the battle in the trenches on both sides of the football. You had probably the better quarterback, maybe until the fourth quarter. So you did everything you were supposed to do in the grand scheme of things. But it's the little things that kill you at the end of the day, and it's the little things that kill the Falcons on Sunday. Now, I will say this, though, moving on to the Rams, and we'll talk about them more on Friday, but I do want to get into them a little bit here because I do have an interesting question for you. The Rams obviously opened up their season. Defending Super Bowl champions always open up the entire NFL season on that Thursday night game. We saw them last Thursday take on the Super Bowl favorites for this season, the Buffalo Bills, and they looked very, very rusty. You call it Super Bowl hangover, call it three preseason games and not enough padded, padded practices, call it whatever you want to call it. They did look rusty, however, though. Matthew Stafford, especially does what happened last Thursday against the Buffalo Bills does that help or hurt the Atlanta Falcons because the Rams are obviously going to come back and try to have a way better performance but Bo do you believe that there could be some extra hangover there or do you believe okay the Rams snapped them uh, the Bills I should say snapped the Rams into place kind of woke them up a little bit and they're going to be extra extra sharp coming into Sunday or is it too early to call do you believe what happened on Thursday helped or hurts the Falcons well it's hard to say if it helps or hurts I think it mm. gives the Falcons confidence they see that that's a team that's vulnerable that's not as maybe they're not mm-hmm. the Super Bowl you got to say hey this isn't the same team that won the Super Bowl it's not, not. it's, it's no. got a lot of the There's same big parts. pieces too yeah but yeah I mean they're, they're missing the guy one of the guys that was that kind of Look, Aaron Donald is amazing. He's the best in defensive player in football, maybe the best player in the NFL altogether. Yeah. But it's a thing where he was, you know, Von Miller and him together with Leonard Floyd, that, that's, that's just ridiculous, especially with a guy like Jalen Ramsey in the back. But, but when you when you go and you think about it, they're different. They're not the same team. We got we got to we gotta stop thinking that. So I think the Falcons kind of see, hey, they're not, they're not invincible. All right, they've got flaws, but in that same aspect or that same area, it does hurt because now you got a pissed off team. Now you got a team that is not overly, um, you know, they don't, they, they're, they're, they're reeling, but they're also like, hey, we're we're gonna get our ish together and we're coming because we are not going to go 0 and 2. I I don't know the last time a team a team that coming off a Super Bowl win went 0 and 2. The one that right. always sticks out in my mind is I think it was um 94 Cowboys or 93 Cowboys won. I think it was 93 Cowboys they had just won the Super Bowl and 
Emmett Smith hold, holds out the first two weeks of the season, and they go 0-2. Look and, at Bo throwing it back with some history. Yeah, but now they went on to win the Super Bowl that year. That right. was their first. That was their back-to-back, you know, because they uh-huh. won it in uh, – let's see. I believe they won it in – because the Giants won it in 90. The Reds, so they won it in 92-93, and mm-hmm. then the Niners won it in the 94 season. And then I think uh, the Cowboys came back and won it in 95. So they won like three or four. Uh, years. Now that was that area for them. Right. I'm not mistaken, the Packers won at 96. Yeah, so so that was kind of how it went. Um, but so it's a tough task. So yeah, it does hurt the Falcons. You kind of wanted LA to, I guess, in hindsight to win. Um, so they're not, you know, because they don't, they, they're they a veteran team. So right. maybe they, they get, hey, we can't start 0-2. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think it does hurt the Falcons in that aspect. But also, I think this team can see a lot of flaws in the coaching. You know, Arthur Smith and Dean Pease and Dave Ragone and Marquise Williams on the special teams. They can see maybe some flaws that they think they'll be able to exploit. So, you know, extra ones. So, yeah, I, I think you got a, a Rams team that's looking at fixing stuff, and they're maybe a little mad because they got embarrassed on national TV. So, I've talked myself into, I don't know if it <laughs> helps nor hurts the Falcons, but I would say a mad team especially with a guy like Aaron Donald and, and guys like Jalen Ramsey uh, would hurt the Falcons more than it helps them. Yeah, I'm with you because the Bills put out the blueprint on how to take down these this version of the Los Angeles Rams. They put out that blueprint. They showed you how to shake up Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford, again, he did have a bad game. He did airmail some throws that led to some turnovers. But also, too, now you're facing a wounded animal in the Los Angeles Rams. And the, this Rams team, it ain't, it ain't the Super Bowl team last year, but it's still a darn good football team. Let's not get that mistaken. And I'm not saying you're mistaken that, but fa- people don't get that mistaken. This is still a darn good football team. No matter losing Von Miller, they don't have Odell either. Still, this is a very, very good football team that can and will come out and hurt you if you allow them to. So you see it from both sides. It's a wounded animal, and they could be a desperate football team not to get to 0-2, and so you never want to mess with a wounded animal. You never want to mess with a desperate football team because those teams can be scary. But also, too, they put out what they did bad on film. They put out how you can take down this team and where the weak spots are of this football team. So you take that in the film study. You go execute that on Sunday, and now you're cooking with gas, and now you can maybe make that Rams team 0-2. But, again, it's all about execution, what we've been talking about earlier, too. Those things that you did not execute well in the Saints game, you got to fix that and you have to execute those things this game. Because, again, the Saints, even though they're ain't and I hate them, they're a good football team and I respect that. However, you could have you could have beat them if you would execute and got done the little things. You got to do the same thing against another football team, another good football team in the Los Angeles Rams. If you. If you win the uh, the grand scheme of things, if you win the battle in the trenches and all that stuff, that's great. You're on your way, hopefully, to a victory. But again, if you don't do those little things right, you can't be fumbling in the red zone. You can't fumble overall, especially after explosive play. Like Alameda Zaccheaus is I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying things that hurt you. You can't, you know, you you, you got to, if you're Marks Marriott, you got to know when to slide. You got to know when to try and get a couple extra yards. So it's the little things that have to get done because, again, you did all the right things in the grand scheme of things against a good football team, but you got to do the little things. That is the difference between winning and losing. If you battle them in the grand scheme of things, 
you can be competitive, and I think we've seen that. But it's all about the little things, Bo Morgan, all about the little things. So, well, yes, that's QB that's play. where uh-huh. that's where it comes, Dylan. With that's that's what that's part of finishing games. Yeah, the little the little things is when you start doing the little things that win games or that that lead to winning games. That's that's part of the development of finishing games, and that's one of the things that has worried me. Not worry me, but I keep I keep coming back to with we. We've got to get out of the mindset this is a veteran team because it's really not. I mean, you've no. got some veterans sprinkled in, but all, 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 all in all, it's a young team. Yeah. I mean, and and a team and and the guys that have been in the league for three or four years haven't been on been on good teams. Right. So you're still. T- I know you won seven games last year and you won the close games, but you also had some veteran leadership, especially on one side of the ball and Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. So it's just figuring it out and i wonder if this is a team i know that depth can be an issue and some people worry about that but i wonder if this is a team is once they figure out how to win sky's the limit because i think i think there's a lot more talent and a lot more hunger on this roster mm-hmm. than anyone wants to give credit for and i think that's part of what we heard from arthur smith's frustration on sunday about you know you buried us yeah nobody wants to give us credit that we're we're hungry and i do think there's that there so i agree with you the little things that's part of finishing games. No, and that's a great point you make about having hungry guys on the on our football team. And that's important too, because you know, you you sometimes you know a, a guy gets a big contract, they have a down year, and you know, maybe I, I've heard quotes from guys before. It's hard to eat when you're full. So sometimes it's hard, and this doesn't go for everybody, but sometimes it's harder for guys to get up and get motivated. When you know you got you just got a, a 230 million dollar guaranteed contract, and I'm not throwing shade at anybody in particular, that number just popped up in my head. But this isn't that's not the case for the Atlanta Falcons. We have a lot of guys who are on prove it deals. Lorenzo Carter, he's on a prove it deal. I mean, there are a number of guys who are on prove it deals for the Atlanta Falcons, and, and that and that bodes well. Rashawn Evans, he's on a prove it deal, first round pick. He's trying to show that he belongs in the league and he belongs a big contract. So there are hungry guys on this football team, and I'm glad you brought up that point because that's going to pay dividends. These guys are trying to prove it, not only that the Atlanta Falcons are a good, a good football team, but they are good football players, and they deserve to stay in the league. Whether it's on the Atlanta Falcons or not, they're putting film out to show, hey, I deserve a contract. You deserve to invest in me. So we're going to get a lot more into the matchup that is Falcons versus Rams. It's going to start at 4.05 on Sunday. The Falcons trying to bounce back from a tough 26 to 27 loss against New Orleans Saints. And they're going to have a tough time doing it against the defending Super Bowl champions in the Los Angeles Rams in SoFi Stadium on Sunday. So we will talk to you guys on Friday to really get into keys to the game. You know what the Falcons have to do. We're really going to sink our teeth into the matchup that is falcons versus rams on friday but in the meantime make sure you follow Peachtree football you download the podcast and you guys let us know your thoughts as well let us know what you want us to talk about let us know what you want to hear from us squid billy any final thoughts on a wednesday not a lot i'm about to dive into the rams probably tomorrow a little bit uh, i get my card mm-hmm. so i'm gonna dive into the rams and see a few more things obviously just saw what i saw last week and what i've looked at but see if i can find anything it's hard to find trends after week one right uh but we'll see what we find i'm looking forward to uh to 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 getting my keys to the game so i can give you guys 
and the matchup that I'm looking uh, most looking forward to seeing. And I think there's one in particular that I'm going to eye and see how maybe things might match up uh, for our offense versus their defense. Ooh, a little bit of a tease from Bo Morgan. I like it. Well, you guys heard it here first. Bo Morgan's got a special matchup for you guys, and you guys can hear it on Friday in the next episode of Peace Street Football. But in the meantime, we are done, and we will talk to you guys on Friday. So for Bo Morgan, it is Dylan Matthews. This is Peace Street Football. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you Friday.